You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Hey guys, this is Mary from Blonde and Blunted. I have my guest here today, Paul Jung. Uh, Paul, do you want to give us a little bit of a background before we dive in and sure. start talking? Uh, thank you, Mary, for inviting me. Um, I am a scientist and um, I left healthcare in 2015 to try my hand in the weed industry. Um, I kind of got into it after my friends uh, in Oregon were making like these vape pens and they showed it to me and it was really nasty, the oil. And at that point, I, I kind of looked at him and I go, hey guys, like we can do better than this. And in 2015, yeah, just pretty went, pretty much went to every single uh, weed show I could possibly go to, networked, uh, found my team, found a group of investors, and then we got uh, approval from uh, the city of Berkeley to get into extraction. So that's how I got into the industry. Um, and then since then, I've been like involved with uh, several brands as well as my own CBD brand. So that's been like my journey nice. inside this uh, space. Very nice. Yeah. Is the, C- the CBD brand is Vital Global Brands? Yeah, Vital Global Brands. And that's uh, what we try to do with that company is really bring merit into the CBD space by involving pharmacists. So that way we can uh, create like, you know, therapeutic uh, and very effective products. Yeah, I actually um, got to try one of them, the roll-ons. Yeah. So I have like the worst, I get the worst migraines. I was able to find a lot of relief. Um, this is some of my parents' homegrown, by the way. It's like that old school strain called Big. Oh, wow. Um, thanks. So uh, I totally just got sidetracked. Oh yeah, so uh, no, you. I remember you were doing your samples and you sent me a couple of them and um, I get the worst migraines and one of the like main symptoms I get before I know I'm getting like a bad one is this tension right here in my neck. Mm-hmm. And it goes all the way up into the base of my head and it's like almost unbearable. Sometimes that's more uncomfortable than the migraine itself. So I've been rubbing the, the roll on on there. Yeah. And effective? Oh yeah, it's Good. really effective. And I haven't really been able, everyone's like, oh yeah, use migraine or use roll ons for your migraines. And I'm just like, like, are you okay? <laughs> like, that doesn't help. Like, sometimes when I have migraines, they're so bad that, like, I can't even smoke because... Same. Um, yeah, when I get migraines, like, my left eye, like, closes. and I Do you can't get that even, pressure? Like, yeah, I can't even open my eyes. I, um, I got that for the first time recently, and, like, I thought I was having a stroke, and I was in the hospital for four days. Oh my God, yeah, it's terrible. Um, That's horrible. Yeah, I'm not really sure how effective uh, CBD is on migraines, but... At least with that topical that we formulated, uh, we have an ingredient in there, methyl salicylate, and that's essentially a non-steroidal um, anti-inflammatory, um, mm-hmm. a topical version, and that's no different than like ibuprofen for Advil. The only difference yeah. is one's an oral um, dosage form and one's a topical dosage form. And so depending on like what you're trying to uh, solve, whether it's like a migraine or like a body ache, um, a topical ex- or you know, at least with like methyl salicylate, it's considered a very safe alternative yeah. compared to like taking you know Advil every day because that can perforate your um, GI, and so that's why they say you know ibuprofen you know don't take it too often. Yeah. Don't take it only when you need it, and so we took that concept and we tried to apply. Hey, how do we create something that's just as strong as Advil without necessarily getting into the GI, um, and that's how we created that blend. So I have a question mm-hmm. with uh, with that said, I actually explained this on my first episode, uh, the how Advil actually works. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that it's attacking the pain like Tylenol or other pain relievers, it's actually attacking the inflammation. So did you design the uh, that product to attack the inflammation or? Yeah, um, so generally when we're considering pain or any discomfort, it usually stems from some form of inflammation. And so when you can moderate, uh, you know, the root cause, which is the inflammation, it tends to lead to like the effects that you're looking for. Um, so with that product, we put in CBD, CBG, and CBN. Um, and they're all good for different things like CBG and CBN. They're really good for like arthritis, good for your joints. Um, and then obviously CBD, uh, it's good for inflammation, but reality is CBD in itself isn't that effective yeah. compared to like a product like, you know, methyl salicylate. And so that's why we put it in there. Um, so for us, we kind of hack uh, the efficacy of our products by combining it with like uh, pharmaceuticals uh, or, you know, to make it sure that 
at least it's over the counter. And so that way you don't need a prescription. And that was our intent with Vita Global. And I'm not sure. Did you try your trochies too? Like our sublinguals? No, I haven't tried those okay. yet. Um, just the, uh, the topicals. Okay. Yeah. But for me, like, um, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, like, I know it works for me and I know it doesn't. So like when you were doing your samples, I didn't want to be like, oh yeah, give me those. I just want to see yeah, what yeah. it's like. So I didn't want to like, yeah, of course. you know, waste up any, anything that can go like compassionate care to, yeah. you know, to patients. But um, those, I was, I've, I do a lot of reading and research and I was actually really interested in those. Did you want to talk about like how those work? The trochee? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the trochee is, um, that's a dosage form found in compounding pharmacy and generally it's reserved for like the elderly simply because people after 40, their GI, their ability to absorb tends to be uh, much less effective and efficient. And as a result, it's like, let's say you, Mary, you need 100 milligrams of set ingredient for you to feel better, right? Yeah. But Mary, in 20 years, that same 100 milligrams is not going to have the same effect. Um, so one way to go around that is just you take more of the drug. Um, and that's exactly pretty much what how big pharma is kind of structured. Their job is to push milligrams on you. Whereas like in the world of compounding pharmacy, which are uh, which I'm involved in, we try to make it about the patient, not about the drug. And so we try to figure out what does the patient need? And we pull all the data from the patient and then we try to discover, hey, how do we get this ingredient to where it needs to go while using a different dosage form? So the point of a trochee is it's a sublingual lozenge that dissolves. And we've micronized it, meaning that it's nano-sized. Um, and it diffuses across the tissues in your oral mucosa, direct into your bloodstream. It goes so it's, straight to your brain, right? Yeah. So instead of like, uh, you know, consider like Advil, for example, you take it, it goes down through here, it has to get absorbed, it gets um, passed through your liver. Yep. Yeah, and, and all these processes, it it transforms that drug's efficacy. Whereas a sublingual, it skips first pass, and so the onset's very fast. So if you put it on there, it's literally within five minutes, it's getting into your bloodstream, it's getting to where it needs to go, and that's how people are able to feel um, the effects very quickly. And, you know, um, at the pharmacy uh, where we applied this technology, we usually we, we first used it with naltrexone, which is basically an opiate blocker. And so we used it for, like, um, overdose victims in the hospitals when, um, let's say, a patient had a drug abuse history, and, you know, we can't, get that drug into their system fast enough you know their GI is bad you know there's no places to really inject and so what we do is you can design that trochee so that way it absorbs instantly and it's much safer that way you use a lot less drugs uh, less dosage and a quicker onset so that's the concept we applied towards our trochees and so far so good I yeah. love it yeah I yeah. like that you're treating hold on one sec do you have a lighter I don't okay <laughs> <laughs> I will um, I always forget those. Sorry. No, that's really fascinating because that's something that uh, not a lot of uh, not a lot of chemists and formulators are looking into in regards to actually like having like effectiveness and you know potent delivery to their to their patients. A lot of the times, it's you know there hasn't been a lot of science like that put into medicine yet. Um, yeah. You know, usually it's just like, here's the brownies or, you know, like I do have like there's gel capsules, but there isn't much more discussed about like the delivery and how it's going to affect the patient and yeah. also age too. That's really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there needs to be more research and more like pharmacists jumping into this space to put in like, you know, best practices. Um, but it's good that there's such a broad market, you know, it allows people to really specify um, what market they want to get into. But I think uh, for CBD, in order for us to truly, you know, think of it as medicine, we need to treat it like this, you know, where it's not about just, hey, we have this random CBD product, let's put in a brownie and joy. Um, like, for example, like what people don't really know is that when you combine sugar with CBD, it's much less effective. And so taking a gummy CBD supplement, it's pretty much like it's not doing anything for you but they're the number one sellers really? in the sector, right? But That's but, so true. It was one of the growing, fastest growing segments. Yeah, so that, that goes to show that, you know, convenience is a driver when it comes to taking medicine and people want to enjoy their product. And so I think um, CBD, as of right now, it, it's treated kind of like a food ingredient, right? But in the future, I think it should be treated like uh, medicine to an extent. But 
still I think um, CB will be most effective when it's stacked when, when it's stacked with other ingredients when you start combining with different like pharmaceutical technologies um, and then plus the CBD CBN that's when you have a greater effect because that's what we found in our trials. So when we first started Vital Global Brands, we initially just did a test case where we white labeled with the company that basically just said, hey, we have every product under the sun um, with CBD. And so we said, hey, let, let's go ahead and brand it and see what happens. We sold it, we sold out and we thought, interesting, like people don't even know what they're taking right now because we started testing their batches per run and there's so much variance. You know, they're saying, oh, here's our COAs, blah, blah, blah. And then we test it completely wrong. And so that kind of, started getting under my skin uh, and that's when I you know we went to the pharmacy team and said hey guys like we need to work backwards instead of taking another person's product and then saying and then marketing it and then like lying to the consumers we have to actually build it from the ground up and then formulate and then sell the formula under a brand that the people can agree upon and that was kind of like how we got into CBD like I guess the right way but yeah that's what kind of elevated our game I think um, and since then we've landed several licensing deals for pretty big sports leagues and that's awesome um yeah we're, you're gonna see our water it's actually being launched by ken griffey jr um in 2021 what yeah so we have a line of functional water going out oh, um, that's so exciting and that's being like distributed by like a nike distributor and so we have some pretty big things in the works um so yeah just fingers crossed and hopefully you know life doesn't end in 2021 we have a COVID part two. <laughs> oh my god did you hear like in london they're saying there's another strain and now there's thank you and that there's another one in Florida and then another one in South Africa. They've got to stop with this already. I mean. <laughs> I, know, I know it's not something they can stop, but it's just, it's. I have like the. This is like testing Unpopular people. opinion. Sure. Let's hear it. I mean, clearly there's a disease. I've, I was raised if you were to like, if you don't feel good or you know for sure you're sick, you just stay home and you don't infect other people. Sure. You know, but I get like how, I understand how viruses work and how the human body works and, you know, not everybody can survive this, but I think at the same time, it's like how long are people expected to just like wait through the bullshit, you know? Yeah, I think at this point, it's like the health of, like the mental health of people, I think that's starting to be a, become a very big issue yeah um don't get me wrong physical health obviously we need to figure out you know and contain covid but i'm not sure if our approach right now is the best um obviously i don't know i'm not a i'm, I'm not like uh you know I'm not well you're Cleo. in san diego right now right i am so you guys have your restaurants open and all closed what i thought that the county said to open up so they opened it and then the state told them to shut back down so everything's back on lockdown again. That's the worst because, like, I um, outside of all of this and like what I do in the cannabis space, just to like keep the bills paid and everything, I uh, I work at a fabulous restaurant in West Hollywood called Rocco's, uh -huh. um, and my employers were so amazing when it came to setting up the patio. They spent tens of thousands of dollars to set up the patio. We gave up all the manager parking and every well, the managers and everyone gave up their parking sure. so we can like set up like this cabana space. They put so much money into it. And then they're like shut down. Well, the city of WeHo, they have their own, they're not like governed like by the city of LA, but they're abiding by everything. So even though the governor is coming in and saying, oh, you can't do this. There's some people that are staying open, right. but now the health department, all these city ran agencies, they're coming in and shutting people down. Yeah. I think it sucks how, you know, they they basically told all the restaurant owners, hey, if you just, you know, uh, modify your restaurants, you'll be back to normal, you can still operate. And then after they, you know, spend all this money in modifying their um, restaurant, and now they're shut down again. And I, I don't understand why restaurants aren't essential business. It's like, there's food, you know, and then what kind of gets me like going too is like, they have all the big corporate um, centers as essential businesses, you know, you go to Walmart, Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, why wouldn't you just allow all the small shop operators to run? Because all the big guys are getting corporate bailouts anyway. And that's my point. It's like, guys, like, come on, like, see the big Or if you're going to let them stay open, give those, give the bailout money to the small business owners, you know? I agree. And most of small guys, like, they're not even qualifying for, you know, the bailout. 
and it kind of sucks, you know. Like I have a friend who has a restaurant too, and he was doing so well um, in San Diego, and after obviously COVID hit, it's just been you know turmoil for him. Yeah. And you know he can't get loans, he can't get anything approved just because no one has money in the city of California, or I'm in the state of California. I'm sorry. Um, so it's just kind of unfortunate. So I'm hoping that you know he 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 can like figure it out sooner than later, but. It's like, to what extent and when are we going to get our shit together, right? Yeah. I mean, I just don't get it. I I don't know. I've never, like, told somebody to not work and then get paid myself, you know? Um, and I get it. Like, I, I had a scare. I didn't leave the house for a couple weeks because I was exposed to somebody who was exposed to somebody sure. that had COVID. And, you know... It's kind of nerve-wracking, but at the same time, it's like, you can't really stay living your life in fear, you know? Like, that's the main thing. You can't stay living your life in fear, and then if you want to tell us to live our lives in fear, like, don't, you know? Like, I don't know. I just feel like we should be protecting (laughs) our citizens a little bit more and worrying, you know, there needs to be, like, better access to mental health programs and the physical fitness programs during this because... Like, they're trying to shut down all the gyms. I think they can operate right now at, like, 20% capacity outdoors. Yeah, it's, which, def- it's, it's definitely nutty. Um, whatever everyone's having to deal with, I'm praying <laughs> that everything uh, settles out, you know, settles out in 2021. But it doesn't seem to be the case so far. It seems like we're going to go into another lockdown until, I think, February or something. Yeah, I just saw in the news today we are in another lockdown. Or not in another, we, uh, I don't know if it was the entire state or just L.A. County, but we uh, got our lockdown extended into January 22nd. Right. Yeah. So. Almost one year. Almost one full year of lockdown. I know. That's crazy. You know what, though? From, like, June to, like, the end of November was relatively normal for me. Um, I was working like in the restaurants and what's crazy is like where I work, like there's, it's just such like a loving community. Everyone knows each other, you know, and I barely heard of like people, you know, getting crazy sick. And I know myself, I didn't get sick. So yeah, same, you know, I don't know anyone like personally who got sick except one guy. He went to like an Arizona, like phone party. <laughs> yeah, he was like Paul. He was like Paul. Like, he's like, I can't deal with it. I'm out. I'm gonna go out and party my brains out. And then you know, he went three days, just like a crazy, like underground. I was laughing grave. with a friend. People are literally dying to party right now. Yeah, like no, he was like just dying. He's like, I, I can't. Like, I'd rather die and just know I at least party and got out of my system. Like, okay, got it. And then he got COVID and. <laughs> He basically called me and he's like, oh my God, I'm at UCSC Scripps right now. I'm like dying where I can barely breathe. And then two days later, he called me. He's like, I'm fine. Like, yeah, it was just like a really bad flu. I had a, I had a fever. And then basically two days later, I'm totally okay. Now. Yeah, I had it back in, um, in March, I think. Not 100% sure. They tested me for everything else. And like, it all came back negative. So they were like, you have COVID. Even though I didn't get like a positive test, they're sure. like, you have COVID, um, just stay, you know, isolated, da 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 da. Just like, oh shit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do, anyways, right. you know, just smoke weed in my room. But I had a few days where it was really bad. Like, I ended up going to the hospital because I was sleeping in the respiratory, like, when you have a respiratory infection, if you're in the hospital, they have you sleep at like a certain angle. Yeah. So I was sleeping that at angle and I was still like waking up. Right. From like not being able to breathe. And I was like, is it because I switched to flour recently? Like, <laughs> what is this shit? Oh, like, it's because I smoke tobacco. Like, oh, oh this man. is not tobacco, by the way. This is a hemp joint or hemp blunt. Nice. Yeah. I'll tell you about it later. Yeah, definitely. Because um, if I smoke tobacco, I get sick. So I was just like, what's going on? And then, but I didn't feel good for like a good week. But then after that, I was good. And. You know? Yeah, it, it's wild. Um, I have, like, friends that are, like, you know, ER doctors. And, you know, they, they, they are painting horror stories right now. Yeah. And so it's it's definitely, like, I take some of that, you know, kind of put it in here, kind of see my own personal, like, you know, what's happening around me with my own eyes. And I try to just form my own conclusions, but it's definitely, like, I don't know what the fuck's going on right now. Yeah. It's just all mayhem. Well, it just, <laughs> it's crazy to me that, like, 
they're saying like you have to be six dis like six feet apart and socially distanced. Then they're like, you can't slow the spread unless you wear a mask. And now there's people. I have a friend, fucking Daniel. He's I love this kid. Okay, he's like, um, very like um, I. He comes from a very affluent family, very like proper um, and like presentable person. He's total sweetheart, very like, he thinks before he speaks, right? Sure. So <laughs> we were uh, we were getting lunch and nothing's really open, but we, uh, we, are, we were here one day and then we had, to, um, we had to take a couple calls together. So we would grab something to eat and we're walking from the parking structure and like, I'll walk like, you know, if there's no one around me, like I'll take my mask off if like it's uncomfortable or I'm having like a hard time like breathing or whatever. And um, this kid out of nowhere is like, I said something to him about like, hey, you don't want people to talk shit. And he's like, I was like, put it on. And he's like, I'm an MD. Like these don't fucking work. And I will tell somebody to their face. I am not wearing a mask. I cannot wait to be back in Orange County. And it was just like, ah, okay. Like, it's definitely, definitely awakening some. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely, uh, you see both sides of the spectrum. Um, what's right, though? That, that's the crazy part. It's like, I don't know what to believe anymore, you know? Um, Honestly, I don't think there is, like, any, because everything is so biased now, especially with how it's presented, um, Nothing is really presented to us and given to us as fact anymore. It's right. There's a narrative behind it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. All the time. Like, it's funny to me because, like, I I read publications now just for like shits and giggles to see how much they contradict themselves. You know, <laughs> sure. to feed their narrative because, yep. like, there's like especially like entertainment blogs, like they will go super far left with something and super far right. And they do have yep. multiple writers and they're interjecting multiple opinions, but then they don't leave like the author's name on there. Sure. Or they do. And then they just turn off the comment section. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Passive. Oh my gosh. Oh, that was like my favorite thing to do. Not even to like leave comments, but like I was at Michael Jackson meme. I would just get like super high. <laughs> <laughs> Read like Reddit forums in the comments. Like, why not? You have the best memes, by the way. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <coughs> I have been undefeated. Undefeated, Mary. I've been so unwell with those memes. So unwell. You know what, though? If you guys knew my parents, oh my God. You want to hear the best story? It's kind of, we'll get back to the weed talk after. Put that one out for another. So, um, <laughs> my birthday was a few weeks ago, right? Happy birthday. Thank you. And uh, my parents call me in the morning and I'm like, just trying to figure out like what's up with them because they're acting a little like uppity, you know? And like they smoke Halloween. Like my dad oh. grew this weed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So, uh, they're like, I didn't understand what they said when they like first got on the phone with me. And they were like, yeah, it's your birthday. We just thought it would be like a wonderful day to ooh, to have some tea. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and then like, they're like acting weird as fuck, right? So, <laughs> like, what is up with you guys? And they're like, oh yeah. Um, well, it's your birthday, so we, like, they were, it was magic mushroom tea, and I was just like, oh, fuck. Oh, jeez. Way to go, Mom and Dad. All right. Nice. Well, I microdosed on my dad's birthday. <laughs> I had to, dude. It was bad. Like, oh, I nice. was I was up visiting them for, like, do you want me to yeah, yeah, mix please. them together? Please. So, um, emoji. emoji. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Damn, you guys. <laughs> I wish I had like a camera right here so I can like Right. This is so pretty. Um so 
So, yeah. No, they were like, my family's insane. So when COVID happened, um, I, after I was better in March, like I think it was the first week of, uh, ooh, of, uh, of April, I ended up going to, to Washington to see my family. And my brother had just gotten out of the Navy, like final um, discharge papers and everything. And my little sister just had flown in from Spain, finishing her master's degree. Uh, my, bro- my other brother lives up there with my parents. And then I was like, I need to get the fuck out of LA. Like this isn't, this was like crazy times we lived in. So I was like, I'm just gonna get up to my family. And it was just all five of us. Like all me and all four of my siblings and oh, my man. niece, my parents, four dogs. So yeah, I microdosed on my dad's birthday when we went to the golf course. It was great. Oh, uh, for sure. I would have done the same. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about like the Prop 64 market and SB 34? Are you following along with that? Are you more like involved in like your formulations and <sighs> executing? I've been kind of like focused on the formulation side and just building, but um, are you talking about like the compassionate care programs? Yeah, uh, compassionate care and just like, just how, you know, the business aspects of it are set up for, you know, for, for the business owners. Cause I know you've been going through like, you know, product development and brand development and like going through your raises. And I just wanted to see like how that was um, and then like working with the local legislation to make sure you're all legal. So luckily I work with San Jose. Our microbusiness is located up there and okay. just San Jose is so easy to work with. Yeah. They're not like LA. If you call the BCC, they will call you literally an hour back. That's awesome. Yeah. We, when we submit a doc, it's literally three days later. You have your, your licenses, everything's done. So it's like, there's no downtime for San Jose. Really? So whenever like we need to make some upgrades or ask the city, Hey, can we relocate? we get an answer pretty fast. And if not, they'll reply to us and say, hey, you know, give us like 60 days to give you a final answer. And so with that said, we, I haven't really experienced a lot of the pain points that LA has, because LA has been converting from a predominantly like a Prop 64 market to like the true legal market and the rate of which I think the legal markets have matured and or adopted the corporate model of making more money. Um, has been pretty wild um, to see the adoption where, you know, what used to be like a grassroots program um, to really help out people on a very community-based approach, it's been like completely squashed, right? And the only way you can have that service is if you go to the underground. Um, And that kind of sucks because it's like, now you're kind of forcing the patients to take product that isn't grown at the highest level. but at the same time, I guess you could also argue corporate doesn't have the best weed either because I've seen a ridiculous quality weed in the underground. But it's like the things like the COAs and stuff, you know, um, I think that's just an added bonus. But between you and me, that's just a liability protection from the, from the state. So that way. Honestly, you know, though, I think like the brands that were quality in the, the Prop 215 market, um, they were already providing quality COAs. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I, I mean, I was working with them and I was actually with a brand that if something looked like shit or smelled like shit or was funky, because we were in a, a volatile extraction lab, you know? Sure. Like, we call that shit out and get a lab test on it. If it was dirty, we'd pull it, yeah. you know? And I feel like a lot of those... I feel like a lot of those people that had integrity that were like, we're going to pull something instead of profit got shafted once the market shifted, too. 100%. Um, I think structuring the rollout of the licensing procedure, they, they did it completely the wrong way. Um, I'm not really sure what the proper way was or or should have been, but you know, you're right. Um, well, they should be taking notes from municipalities like yours, you know? I think so too. I think, you know, I, I think if everyone like adopted a, you know, a, a Bay-based model, they'd be a lot better off simply because I also think too, it's t- the time they've been legal for a very long time. Since like 2015, they've been legal up there. You know, even before like 2018's legalization, they had they already had a permitting structure up there. Oh, wow. And so for us to like, when we when we applied for a micro business, we already had a permit from the city, so. Oh, so you were kind of grandfathered in. Yeah, so we were already like, we had our foot in the door. Um, we had no idea that's what we were doing, but 
when we created our story, it was in 2014. So right before, like, it was still considered Prop 215. Um, but then we approached the city about it, got their approval. They said, hey, that's fine. Just pay taxes on everything, you know. And then once um, 2015 rolled around, that's when we uh, went for the extraction lab. And that's when we got really serious with the city and shut down with them and said, hey, you know, this is what we're trying to accomplish. You know, we're trying to basically create oil. And for I us... Oh, sorry. Were you, are you guys doing, um, just in case, like, the listeners are wondering, uh, are you, were you doing um, volatile or non-volatile extraction? Uh, yeah, so at that time, they only gave us type 6. They, okay. they, they didn't allow us a type 7. And at that time, too, I don't think the technology really existed to do type 7s um, on, on a scale, uh, to scale. Uh, like I mean, busy bees maybe, but... Yeah, like, because even, like, uh, when we got into the market... There was no turnkey extraction like uh, machines, and so we had to take like a fragrance extraction uh, company called Waters. We had those guys fly in their machines, and then literally we, we broke all their machines in the first week. <laughs> and like we had to fly all their technicians out. They're looking at us. They're like, "Dude, what is? What did you put in here?" Yeah, they're like, "We've never seen a product with this much like this many ingredients in one." They're like, "Anytime we use our extraction technology, it's basically you're just pulling out like." 17 18 compounds at a time and they're refining it but with weed it's like 130 you know we had the fat and the lipids like jamming up the pumps like jamming up everything and it was just because no one had that technology and by the time we were done modifying the waters um systems we actually patented that whole uh the the new modified setup and then we resold it back to them so that's actually where my money came in i i didn't actually make my money from the weed industry i made my money off the patent that i sold to, to the uh extraction co it's all right i think they can fix that in post that's actually really cool i didn't know that about you yeah so that was kind of uh definitely a nice little uh added bonus because we didn't even know what we had created just <laughs> i'm all high now <laughs> damn it <laughs> <Very> good <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's really cool to hear because um, I have had experience with a couple of different municipalities and they kind of sucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, they generally do. You want to hear a funny story from Santa Rosa Valley? Sure. So we, <laughs> oh, this one fucking sucked. All right. So we were working with this investor when we first started working together like four and a half years ago. Okay. And uh, almost five years ago. God. So we were doing this uh, this. Santa Rosa property with with the Southern Investor partner, whatever. Um, there was a lot of a lot of people. I'm sorry that sounded bugging the shit out of me, <laughs> and I'm all high too. So the uh, the city wouldn't let us move forward unless we had like the blueprints, like down to a T. Like, if you had a bottle, like an eight-ounce bottle of isopropyl alcohol, they wanted to know exactly where you were putting it. Wow. So, really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> with the blueprints, they were like, Mary, this is your job. You, We have to have the MSDS binder before they sign off on the, like, on the blueprints or anything. So I had to put the MSDS binder, pull all the ingredients for the formulas that we were making. Right. Create, like, but the good thing was that if we had broken ground we knew exactly where ev like every little thing was going to go you know right, like i accounted right. for all the storage and everything so it was awesome so we get everything in we go to the city and they're like you know what everything looks so great but um you know that well, that light pole over there we're like <laughs> or not that the, that electrical line over there we're like yeah and they're like well got to move it like four feet to the left and we're charging you to do it uh and it's gonna be thousands of dollars <laughs> and we're just like what oh the gosh. fuck okay so then i'm sitting in this meeting with ali like a couple months later we're getting it all figured out and um i'm looking at the blueprints and this was right after i had moved to santa rosa right and I'm looking at him, and we're in the meeting with our attorney, and we had like five different consultants, and one was the ex-fire marshal, right? So, sitting in the meeting, and like you guys, like 
Who the fuck is the ceiling? And they're like, what? And I was like, you're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> heat and, and air condition a 26 foot tall ceiling? Like, and insulate that, like, what? And like, Allie's like, oh, good idea. That's why we have you to remind us to like do things like ceilings. So we finally get everything in with that. And we had, um, we had the city fire chief on on our side and Santa Rosa is really hard because like just to get an inspector in they're still rebuilding from the fires that happened in like 2017 Jeez, so like okay. it was like sometimes like a 12 week wait to get an inspector in so we finally get everything done we're getting we thought we were getting the inspection signed off we we're getting ready for a meeting and we all um, we all arrive and Erin announces our attorney, she's like, I just need to let you guys know, fire consultant passed away last night. And we were like, Crap. like, that right. sucks. That, it was like super unexpected, he, you know, like it, it was a tragic loss. He was a really, really sweet guy. Sure. And, uh, and then the new guy came in and was like, oh yeah, you guys are gonna have to put a burn wall along. It was like the longest wall on our thing. So we just, we walked away from that. And, uh, cause you know the model that Ali and I had, right? The model? Our business model. No. For grassroots and Persepolis brands. Oh, actually, yeah. Ali, Ali actually came to one of, uh, the conferences in, uh, San Diego. And I remember him, like, pitching us, like, uh, what he was doing. But, yeah. Yeah. So it was for the, uh, for the listeners, it was, uh, to help the small business model in the cannabis sector because if they didn't if you didn't get investment money or you didn't get grandfathered in like pre-ICO you were kind of screwed you know so that was the goal that had happened um that and like that we had like connected on as well is because we were going to be able to help a lot of people continue on with their um you know with their mom and pop brands but now how everything's written it's not really are you guys still doing that right now are you guys still looking for investors for like business level like operators because one of my partners I'm working with right now he operates like a crowdfunding platform that, <coughs> that operates like in the uh, weed space and it's pretty wild like the way they do it so they get like for example 3,000 people to invest into your company for like 300 bucks right each so you have like a million bucks right and then what happens is now those 3,000 people that invested, now they're they're gonna buy whatever you produce. And so let's say you're a CBD brand and you raise a million bucks to produce product. It's Sorry, really, I'm just like. You know, it's really nice to um, know that your investors will actually buy your product the second you launch it, if that makes sense. Like You know what, I actually do wanna talk to you about that. I have a couple of brands that Ali and I had been with um, for years. And we, there's a couple that we had signed on with previous investors yeah. that are now free from contracts that I would like to... We should definitely discuss this just because I'm like sitting in their pipeline right now. Um, and he and I are just, we talk almost every day. Um, I'm going to get you connected with somebody at, like yeah. when we're done with yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really, a really great way to go about it too, because it's giving the brand an opportunity, you know, to raise the capital they need to be able to move forward. Yeah without getting sharked either um it's Dude, at least this so way there's so many bad deals yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't even get me started you know it's so hard to find a good deal in the weed space um like vita global recently was about to go through a sale and just we had like six bids coming to the company and all these guys were offering us like 0.9x and i was like why the hell would you give me 0.9x like not even like we have trademarks we've got don't you have patents yeah uh in the works in the works it's not yet released i mean um, those take time but. yeah but it's like we have all proprietary dosaging forms the technology's ours like get out of your mind you know in the first year uh we did pretty well and so just a lot of people are crazy and their whole thing is well we're from the thc space and we're not going to give you more than one x i'm like why would i sell it if i'm not going to get more than one x like it doesn't make sense i'd rather operate my own company yeah. Like, right? Like, that doesn't make sense. So, I don't know. It's, this weed space is definitely, um, it's, uh, 
little challenging, but not impossible. Um, yeah, it's definitely not impossible. I've actually seen a couple of friends, like, work some really good deals for themselves. And, like, I've, when I, I had a consulting, he's actually a good friend of mine. It wasn't really, like, I consulted for him, but more so as a friend. Sure. Um, but I watched him get licensed and, like, blow up his brand after him watching all these people try to, like, do what everyone else is doing and fail, you know? And he, this kid's, like, built it up to something great. Um, so it, there's definitely possibility. It's just the legislation has made it so hard. Yeah, they, they expect the weed operators to, like, walk with their hands and their feet bound and then the retailers to operate off these ridiculous tax um, liabilities, <coughs> you know, like... 280E is no joke. Like, <laughs> we saw our filings for this year. Like, we hit a record year at the, at the micro business, but... 280. Yeah, with high sales comes a fuck ton of taxes. And, like, my eyes nearly, like, popped out of their socket. I was like, what the... Like, 40%? Like, are you kidding me, you know? Yeah, no, when I was reading on it, it made my eyes bleed. I was just like, oh, like... And then anything that touches the cannabis, it, like... You can't... It's, like, non-applicable or some shit. I'm just yeah, you can't even make deductions. So, yeah, our, our, like, we've been trying to get really creative in how to, like, reduce any liability and just optimize how we reduce our, like, burn, you know, yeah. from an operating perspective. But it's, you know, we'll get there slowly but surely. Sorry. I'm, oh, like, good. really I'm done on that. Same. <laughs> <coughs> this is what you do to me. Did, did I ever tell you when I saw you, um, remember when I saw you at, what's that one show? Hall of Flowers? Yeah, for Nevada. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Remember that day I had a migraine? Uh-huh. I saw you and I was like, I might, I might stay, I might go. Sure. So I left because I was just like, I went from like being like, all right, to like having auras and not being uh-huh. able to like walk in a straight line. Yeah. And it was, it sucked. And Allie like took me home you know, he's like, I'm going to mixers and like left me there. And I woke up and like, it was like dusk, but I had smoked one of the, I smoked the green Nevada. Okay. And I woke up and like my migraine wasn't completely gone, but like, it's probably like 80% better. Right. Well, that's great to hear. Number one, number two. Um, yeah. Nevada. Um, I'm super proud of that company, um, yeah. especially of my, uh, my CEO of Nuvada. So if he's hearing this, um, yeah, big props to you. Uh, yeah, Is so, he with you with Redfee too? No, no, no. So I met Andy through a friend of a friend through like the UCSD network. Um, and that was right after I sold Redfi, after I sold BAS. Uh, we, were, we were going there. Um, yeah, we just made a connection through a marketing partner. And then he essentially asked me, just for tips and we just started talking every single like week um just about the weed business and then he he started to show me like what he was working on and i thought it was super creative um and disruptive more than that uh just because like when he launched i think it was around 18 months ago and even then it's like sativa hybrid indica they're still used as like a reference in cannabis but there really isn't such a thing like everything's a hybrid in today's market and yeah everything just has terpy profiles that you either like or you don't like it's really that simple right it's like wine um THC gets you high and depending on like different compounds you know you're going to prefer it right um and that was his point he goes for a cannabis user that's new to go into a dispensary today they're so like just anxiety they don't know what to buy. They don't know what to look for. You know, you've got pushy bud tenders. Like, what do you do, right? And he was, and then he goes, I'm just going to convert it to a mind-body-go series where it's just simple. If you want something for your mind, we'll essentially put all the sativa-based terpenes into, like, these profiles and engineer basically effect, uh, engineer the effect from, like, the ground up. So very, just formulate the effect, right? And then you combine that with strong marketing, a different concept and now you know they're they're i think they're they're shaking up the market in a way that's a little different in that he's now getting offers to go into other countries you know that's dope yeah and so like i even have like a lady in brazil who's been begging me like could you just make this in cbd 
I will literally flood the market. I'll bring it to Brazil. And then we had another lady like South Africa saying, oh my God, this would blow up out, out there. But then now it's like, um, we're not really sure which direction to go to because in, I'm not sure if you heard, but they're considering banning all flavored anything, right? Vapes. And so I'm afraid we're going to get stuck under that BS. And if that occurs, it's like, oh, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot before getting started. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely figure that out one step at a time. Sorry. No, I am too bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot. Yeah, I am the best. Getting my 10 minute warning. Nice. Here. They're like the sour or the spicy ones, spicy sours. I get them. I get the munchies so bad when I smoke. Like I have to have food. Oh man, oh man. Thank you. No, um, that brand is something to be really proud of, and I like how like neutral all the marketing is. It's more so about how it makes you feel, and you know, nothing more. Yeah. And the series, like the Instagram series, are really cool. I've been paying attention to those. Yeah. Um... We have a really talented team. That's all I can say with them. It's such a small team, too. We have, like, four or five people. Yeah. Believe it or not, you'd think Nevada was, like, this big team. Four or five people. Um, they're just – it's just Andy has a really strong vision in his head, and he knows who to hire to get that vision into market. And then our marketing um, head, Zoe, she's, like, amazing. So she's listening. Hi, Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, she, she's really creative and just, I believe that, you know, L.A., they really understand that fashion, that marketing side. And if you can build a brand in L.A. and survive L.A., dude, you'll do fine anywhere. That, that's mm -hmm. genuinely how I feel because. L.A. is such a strike tank. Dude, yeah, L.A. is insane in, in terms of, like, competition because, like, even RedFi, when we created it, dude, we couldn't I've been saying LA. its name wrong this whole time. Yeah, uh, whatever, Sorry. whatever. Could even get into market down here, you know. It was such a good product too. No marketing. Ellie didn't want it. You know, but it's okay because we ended up selling it to like a bay-based company, and they took it over. So it worked. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You had an exit strategy. It works out. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next? What are you excited about? Um. Right now, I'm going through capital raise for a research company, R&D, and we should finish funding by, I think, February, March. So that's, like, next on the docket, and I'm working with a pretty powerful marketing agency who approached um, our team and said, hey, we're looking for, like, a product developer, and we have the eyeballs. We've got 40 million eyeballs, in fact, and... They're all pro CBD, all pro THC, all pro nice. that whole sector. Um, and so they said, hey, can, you know, if we can help you do the raise to build your own facility, can you internalize all your processes and help us out? And at that point, I'm like, dude, 100%. Because right now what we're doing with Vita Global is we take the formulas, which are ours, and then we send it down to, you know, a partner manufacturer. We have them fulfill. But... What's happening is it's just hard to control that process because it's hard. It's it, hard when you're not there. Yeah, it, it has to be, like, everything has to be in-house in order for you to control that every formula the right way. Yeah. And we, we've just, I know exactly what yeah, you're Yeah, we've just about. seen so many issues here, like, trying to, like, pivot around people or people trying to, like, circumvent us and then use a portion of our technology but not all of it, and then we've caught them doing that. And so just, you know, it, it, it's... I think moving forward, this is the way to do it, where you just kind of like firewall everything about our company. So that way, all we do is just, you know, Vita Global will just focus on making the formulas. We're going to focus on actually doing the R&D behind the formulas and getting all the white paper validation and then also contract manufacturing. And so we're going to, I'm jumping back into like the manufacturing space. Um, you mean the lab? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not, not for weed though. Uh, although I have, I have a holding up in the bay. Um, an extraction facility that's a type seven. Um, that's just like a passive investment. I, I really don't want to be in that space um, just because I kind of been there, done that. And it's just, <laughs> <Me too. sighs> it's, 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 it's tough. tough. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and I don't think it's the business that's tough. It's the cl- it's managing the client's expectations that's really tough because everyone comes in and they want the world out of you, but they don't want to pay you a dime. So it's like, mm-hmm. guys, like, if you want quality service and product, it, it costs money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, if you have the high quality product, you as the brand, all you got to do is market it a certain way. You'll fetch that number, but everyone gets so like caught up in like the race to the bottom and they have to beat that guy next to them for the lowest cost. And they come to you saying, Hey, I need you to beat that guy's price. And it's like, dude, there's only so many clients you could take on like that. Um, before you as a company, you're just like, this is not worth my time. You know, yeah. you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, yeah. You, I mean, it, it needs to be worthwhile. And when people are like, when it, it comes down to it, they're, asking you to sell yourself a little shorter than you would when they're trying to bottom dollar you. Right. That's the bottom line, you know? And if like, you know, there's some people who stand by their product and they do really well because they just continue to execute and they have that strong marketing there. And then there's others who haven't got their niche down in the marketing sector. And you know, that's, that's where they fail. They'll sit there and instead of putting into their marketing, they'll pull back on their price and sell themselves short. Yeah, exactly. And I think that just, kind of comes with the saturated marketplace which we're sort of in you know there, there's yeah. a lot of weed there's not enough buyers in the, the uh, license space so yeah which is crazy because mendo is on fire again this year like yeah i don't understand this it's like uh, at first i thought maybe those fires were started to like control the supply but nah. it clearly has nothing to do with anything no nah, um, it didn't yeah yeah well we gotta gotta go Rock off. Yeah, it's been an hour. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. This is my guest, Paul Jung. Thank I'm you guys. Mary. Thank can you, you Mary. drop your social media so people can follow you? Yeah, uh, it's hello, I'm Paul J. <laughs> One <laughs> word. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram. I had you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. No problem. All right. Bye, guys. Perfect. Have a good one. See you guys. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.